All right, so um, we're going to pick back up, and I've taken the little detour the last couple weeks about uh, some things, and I'm going to pick back up in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 this morning, and um, I'll read this paragraph here from starting in verse 9 to verse 16. And I'm, I'm not going to get through all this. I'm going to say some general things about um, this section this week, and we'll look at some more details another time. But uh, let's just read it and take it from there. All right, starting in verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor, has, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Good morning. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the, of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who judges, uh, but he who is spiritual judges all things, or discerns all things, um, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. All right, so I kind of want to say some general things this morning just about what, what, what Paul is talking about here is how, we, how, how it is that a soul knows the Lord. And he starts off by saying this common verse that's quoted I think at every funeral I've ever been to, um, verse 9 is quoted, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And then and then usually folks stop reading it right there and talk about how the person that has deceased um, will, you know, is now seeing those things or hearing those things. But that's, ex- that's completely not the point of what... Uh, Paul is saying here, because the very next verse is, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. And the whole point of that is to say that the things that the natural eye cannot see, nor the ear, natural ear cannot hear, nor the natural heart of man cannot know, are the very things that the spirit of God is making known to, to those who are learning by the spirit. So it's not at all telling you that these things are waiting for a different time, though they are waiting for a different kind of learning, a different kind of knowing, and uh, and one that we don't generally understand. So I, I that's kind of what I want to focus on this morning. Uh, what does it mean to know uh, or to have spiritual knowledge? And as usual, I, I always kind of feel like I like to make contrasts. When I when I see someone asked me at the conference actually a few weeks ago, like why why do why do I talk about what isn't and what is? And I guess it's just because when I see when light shines in my heart, um, 
I see an incredible contrast. I see everything I've ever thought, everything I've ever um, thought I've known exposed in the light to be not just wrong, but the wrong kind of knowing. And to sometimes it helps, I feel like it helps dislodge a little bit of, of uh, the things we're holding on to so tightly with our natural mind to describe what I don't mean and to try to describe what I do mean. So man puts such an emphasis on knowing. It's, it's amazing how much, you know, people say, uh, not knowledge is power, and and, and that's kind of true in, in in the natural realm in a lot of ways. We you know we, what we do, what the what the natural man tries to do is he tries to gather facts, gra- gather truths, gather ideas, gather gather gathering ideas is what we think. Um, gathering facts or what we think are facts is kind of what man thinks knowing is. And and in general, the Christianity of today is is based on the same thing it's based on learning things with with the natural mind um, learning how to do something uh, learning what something means that's a really important you know why you, you know you learn, read this book and learn what this means or what that means or learn, learn this verse or, or memorize it or put it in your put it in your get it in your head you know understand this concept and 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 we, and we write books. We write lots and lots and lots of books. And generally, the idea behind the writing of the books is really to, to transmit these ideas. It's to, it's because, again, because we think knowledge is powerful, and 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 we think that if we can understand how something works, or if we understand what the Bible means, or we can just get to, you know, the right interpretation of it, then we then we can apply that to our lives. Uh, we we know what to do. We know you know how to apply it to our to our lives, and and that's um, well that that is how knowledge works in the natural realm. That that very that that is, I mean, like if, if you if you read a book about healthy eating or something like that, you get the facts, you learn the information, you apply it to your life, you know, or how to use a new computer. You know, you read the manual, you get the information, the manual. You know, the information becomes helpful. It becomes applicable. There's a takeaway, you know, um, how to put ceramic tile on your bathroom floor. You know, you watch the YouTube video or whatever. You get the information. You the, and then and then you can apply the information. And at the end, you have a nice bathroom floor. Well, uh, we we learn facts. That's what man does. We learn facts. We we we. We've, and then we have the power to use those facts, and, and those facts might be very useful, and they might actually be very powerful if you apply them correctly. Uh, and, and besides all that, just even just having the facts without without even applying them or using them in ways that make us feel powerful, just having the facts makes us feel like we're, we're knowledgeable, that we're wise, we're in the know, you know. We're and 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 so we think we actually think that. And again, this is this is valid in the natural realm, in the nat- for the natural man, um, to, to some extent. Um, we we think that the accumulation of knowledge itself is valuable, just to have it. You know, even if you never have to use it, maybe just to be one of those guys that can talk about anything at a, at a you know a wine tasting or something. You know, I don't know. You know, you want to be smart and wise and learn, learn it and educated, and 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 it makes because of how that makes us feel. And so, but 
here's what I'm trying to say. Christianity, because so much of it comes from below, I mean, so much of it is the ideas and efforts and applications and interpretations of man. Therefore, Christianity has, has primarily become no different than any other kind of learning. It, it's a collection of spiritual facts. And, and we have, you know, we generally have professional Christians who feed us little portions once a week of these facts. And, and the idea is, um, is, is that, you know, there's a lesson that's learned. We learned a little lesson or there's a, there's some kind of a little life application. There's some little, you, you know, you take this little nugget of, of truth or script as though scripture is, I mean, I used to, I used to think of it that way, although I never would have said that. That sounded too, I don't know, that probably sounded too carnal to me or, or something, but I, but that's exactly what was going on in my heart. There's a little takeaway. There's, man, that was a good sermon. Why? Well, cause, cause I think it's going to help me with this, you know, or because I think it's going to, you know, I, I can apply it to that or, and, and we think we're a little bit better. Uh, or a little bit wiser for having learned something. And, and, and maybe we'll read, everyone's talking about a, a, a new book or a new seminar. And, 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 and maybe there's certain times where we, you, know, you go to the whole, you know, the week-long seminar and you get a bigger spoonful of, uh, of information. And we say, uh, you know, that seminar really changed my life. And someone says, why, what, what did it do? Well, it totally taught me how to uh, organize my finances according to biblical principles or something like that, you know, and and, 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 and that really helped. And help, helped what? Well, it helped my natural life. It gave me natural information that I store in my brain and, and, and it tied in some Bible verses and some concepts from the life of David or something like that, you know. And that kind of thing is just really, and I'm not trying to be super sarcastic, although there, there might be a little bit accidentally sliding in there, but I, I'm honestly just trying to expose something. And the thing I'm trying to expose is that, generally speaking, our knowledge is this information on the outside that we're hearing about and we're we're, we're learning that information and, and we think that the accumulation of that information is something that we heard, something that someone tells us, something that we receive, something that we interpret something that we apply we control it we use it for our own good and we think that that's learning and that is learning history and that is learning math and that's learning cooking and that's learning home remodeling and gardening but that's not learning christ at all spiritual learning is nothing remotely like that at all i mean if there's a stronger way to say it help me out uh, to say that stronger spiritual learning I know that that's generally what we, we think that they're the same. We think that this, the only thing that's different is the subject. We think that the subject is spiritual here and it's natural here. I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that the learning itself is entirely, completely different. Different in nature, different in experience, different in kind, different in light, different in the mind in which it enters and the mind in which the, the information is experienced. It is totally different. And I mean, the the first thing that makes it different, and I I don't actually want to, well, I want to get on to something else. So I don't want to say a whole lot about this right now. We've talked about it a bunch of times in other other contexts. But the first thing that makes it different is the fact that spiritual truth cannot even be 
understood or seen by the natural mind. The natural mind cannot even access it. It's not even that 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 organ, that faculty, is not even the right faculty with which spiritual information is known. Period. And I, we could prove that with just dozens and dozens of scriptures. Um, just the, the the simple fact that spiritual things are revealed by God. You know, the Jews who even had the scriptures for hundreds of years, Jesus said to them, no one knows the Father or the Son, except the one to whom he's been revealed. And these things are hidden from the wise and learned, and they are revealed unto babes. And Paul just said in this verse right here, that <clears throat> that we, we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that God has given us of himself, more or less. And and the scriptures that describe those that fact are abound in the New Testament. There is a light that is contra- There is a light that in which spiritual realities are seen. That light is is completely hidden from the natural mind. It is only revealed to those who actually are willing to renounce their their natural mind as far as learning spiritual things go. It's not you don't need to renounce your natural mind, uh, if, you know, for operating machinery. That's pretty important that you use your natural mind for that, and and that you don't think that you can use you know uh, excavator with your spiritual mind. That doesn't really make sense, but. But for for spiritual knowing, all of the the spiritual knowing is, it's not your knowing of spiritual things. It is the Spirit's knowing working in your heart. Okay? It is the Spirit Himself sharing His light and His view and His reality with your heart. And when that begins to appear in your heart, you see, you understand something of the... You, you, there's, it's like a flash of light at first. A flash of inward light where something comes into view and it's known in a way that is difficult to describe because it didn't come to you as words. It came to you as light. And your heart begins to become aware of things in, in, in some shocking clarity or sometimes it's a growing small light that, that, and, and it becomes, more and more in, uh, just real and, and and alive and and it shows you not only what is real it shows you the absolute impossibility and futility of the the natural mind and you understand for instance all the verses in the new testament suddenly you understand why paul says that the natural mind is enmity with god it doesn't just say the natural mind is at enmity as though it could be made to be not at enmity with God. It is enmity with God. You see the difference there? Romans 8, 6-ish, somewhere in there? Or or, or, uh, or this verse here, what, what does Paul just say? The, the things of the Spirit are cannot be known. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness to him, and he cannot know them. He cannot know them. It doesn't say that he has not yet learned them. You see what I'm saying? He cannot know them. It is impossible. And you begin to understand that this mind of the Spirit is a different mind altogether. It is the mind of Christ working in the soul and not the mind of man learning about Christ. 
And that difference and that reality is uh, it's shocking at first. And um, I I feel like we could just we could just stop right there and just keep talking about that. I just have this other thing on my mind that I want to try to say, and that's this. Those who begin to see in that light, those who, who, and, and, I, and I believe that anyone that's born again, truly born, born of the Spirit or begins the, the, the journey of knowing Christ, anybody that really has spiritual life, is, has received spiritual life, has any encounter with spiritual life, knows that light. You might know it in a, in a small flicker, but, you, but my... my my guess is that everybody, hopefully, that's listening to this right now, has not just been convinced about Christianity by facts, but at some point, maybe when someone is even describing facts to you, maybe when someone was just reading the Bible, or you were just reading the Bible, you were reading words about facts, at some point in there, there was a light that began to shine in your heart, and there was an awareness, a spiritual, spirit-given awareness, that what you were somehow the things you were reading or the things someone was saying to you, or maybe it didn't have anything to do with the things that you were hearing at the time, but, but, but Christ began to appear. There was an inward appearing of him in a way that you said, he's real. You know, you said, you don't, I don't need anybody. It's like the people that came to, to Jesus. I don't need the Samaritan woman to, to tell me that she, what her experience, I, I, now ha, I now have experienced him. He's real. I see. I've seen him, not with my eyes, but I've seen him. You know, and and, and that's that's this light. And now, really, unfortunately, and sadly, a lot of times Christians have an experience or two like that in the very beginning, and then they just live their whole life trying to defend what they saw, or be, keep believing in it, or fight for it, or read, or you know, they get involved with serving the Lord that they saw in that what the whole. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the whole thing exists in that light. All growth is in that light. All love is in that light all truth is in that light you're supposed to live in that light grow in that light grow by that light stay in that light abide in the light walk in the light as he is in the light and sadly so much of our experience as Christians is just a memory of that that little flicker that made us at one point know that Christ was real and, and, and I'm telling you, it was just a little flicker I don't care if, it, if, if you fell on the floor and cried for six days that's a flicker that's just a little flicker. I don't care how real it was or how powerful it was. It, 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 there's a whole lot more to it than just what you saw in the beginning. And and that that's and 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 Paul in Galatians chapter three is rebuking the church in Galatia f- for walking away from that flicker and trying to grow into maturity by works of their own flesh by human. Works or by uh, natural learning or by human uh, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle in, in Colossians chapter 2. Not that those things, some of those things become appropriate as you grow up in Christ, but that's not the way that you grow up in Christ. Um, so, I still am trying to get to, my, to, to the thing I want to talk about. And maybe I'll have to do this in a couple sessions, but... One of the things that can happen when you begin to see a flash or a few flashes of light 
or the Lord begins to teach your heart, or light dawns, the day star appears, I mean, there's a, or the renewing of your mind. There's so many different ways the New Testament talks about this reality. Or the Father reveals His Son in you, Galatians 1.15. Or, or uh, pick a verse. There's so many of them. You, you start to see the things which are unseen and not see the things which are seen. Is that you see these true flashes of things as they are in Christ, and then... You're blown away, you're amazed by what you saw, or you're convinced by what you saw, and then you try to just hold on to that thing that you saw, hold on to that light with your natural mind. And so you remember it. You remember it. Maybe you never stop believing in it. Maybe you teach it. Maybe it becomes a a class that you teach or or something you always remember to tell people about how important it is. And maybe it's something you always believe, but it's, it's, it's like you're taking this spiritual reality, this spiritual light, and you're storing it in this natural container. And it doesn't belong there. You're storing it in... In your natural mind, because you, you've seen something in your in, in in true light. Now I'm talking about Christians now that have actually seen something in the light. I mean that really, because I feel like a lot of people I talk to, I feel like their Christianity is entirely in um, in the light that is darkness, in the light that is from below, and the wisdom that is from below. But I'm, but for those who are genu- have genuinely had true flashes of spiritual light awaken their heart to the reality of of something, something of the new covenant, something of the reality of Christ, something of the cross, something of, of, of all that is real and true in Christ. You see it, you know it's true, you caught a glimpse of it, you value it, you praise it, and yet, but and yet you, and maybe you see in that flash of light a huge difference between the natural mind and the, and the mind of, 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 of the flesh, I mean, and the mind of Christ. But, you retain this knowledge or you seek to retain this knowledge in your earthly vessel. You keep it in your human memory. It, you put it, it's stored in your brain as facts, as conclusions, as doctrines, as theologies, as human beliefs. And the thing that you saw, that light that you saw, doesn't actually have an increase in you. It doesn't actually begin to increase and and reign in your soul. You just know it. You know it's true. You saw something. You remember it. You talk about it. You describe it. You, and then you start gathering up maybe a bunch of verses that prove that what you saw was true. And you get this one and you got that one. And you, you put together you know a, a, a list of verses that kind of, man, I never saw these verses before. That's exactly what I saw. And, and, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad. But, but if it stays there, if that's what it remains, that is bad. That's deadly, actually. And, and and the heart that's really honest with itself, if you will, even if you maybe you've seen some amazing things in the light of Christ, some powerful things in his light, things that maybe did rock you and change you. But if you don't learn to hold, uh, stay in the light, I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second, hold that light in the right place, walk in that light, live in that light, if you if you try to just remember that light and apply it with your natural mind and, and talk about it and believe in it with your brain, then if you're honest with yourself, you begin to lose the sense and the savor and the reality of what of of that 
of that thing that you saw. You, you lose the true present view of it. And the power over your heart that came in that view. So, and so you experience a... When you first started to see it, there was power. There was something working in your heart. There was, there was a power over the things that used to reign in your heart, at least in some measure. It didn't just come with a, a, a doctrine or an idea. It came, there was something living about it. There was something powerful. And, and maybe you didn't define it. Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't uh, understand that that was going on totally, but, 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 over time, that sense, that living taste, that living reality, it starts to go. And, 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 then, and, and, and usually, maybe it comes and goes, but it's usually gone. Maybe, maybe every once in a while you catch a, saint, catch a glimpse of that thing that you saw before, but it's, it's usually not there. And, 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 and then it's, when it's a memory in your mind, when it's a belief in your head, then there's no more power. There's maybe an agreement, there's maybe a conviction, there's maybe a belief, there's maybe a memory, but there's no power. And, 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 then, and then the main concern in that place is to have the right conclusions that came from a view of the light. The right conclusions, like it's this and it's not that. You know, it's, and, and to have the right interpretations, but still all in the mind. And, and people that get stuck here, and I absolutely have been one of these, and I'm speaking out of experience, and that's why I'm speaking with a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever I'm speaking with, uh, passion about it or whatever, because you, you people that get stuck here, they have truer teachings, they have more accurate things to say, they have better understanding, they have perhaps have had great revelations of Scripture, and yet they have not come very much yet to the kind of knowing that the Lord wants you to have and to live in and to grow in. There is a different kind of knowing. It comes from the same light. It's the same light that you saw in those flashes. But it's not held in the mind as as just memories that seem to lose their reality you know you saw you guys you know what i'm talking about you're reading a verse one day and bam something just it strikes your heart with incredible force and it it it's moving you it has its own life to it and then you know a week later after you've been totally distracted by a billion other things and whatever you pick up the say you man i just don't i'm totally consumed with the world and you go back to that same verse. Maybe if I just go back to that verse, it'll hit me in the same way. And there's nothing. You know, there's no life in it. Well, there is... There, There's another kind of knowing. It's not another kind of light. It's still that same light. But there's a knowing that's held in the light in which it, in which it came. I, I don't have the best words to describe this, but... It's held by, maybe it's better to say this, it's held by staying in the light 
where that thing is real. It's it never it never passes out of the mind of Christ and becomes something you hold in your brain. It stays in the mind of Christ. It's always the mind of Christ, but it's it's the soul learning to live in the mind of Christ or experience the mind of Christ that Paul talks about in this in this scripture here. It's the soul's learning to abide in the light where those things are always real. To stay where Truth is an experience of the power and life of Christ. To stay, to not try to pull the truth out of Christ and hold on to it as a concept, but to stay where that truth. Did you see the difference there? That's what we try to do. We see something, and and if we stay there, it's going to kill us. If we stay, if we if we see something in the light, and if you stay in that light, it's going to condemn everything that you are and think and do. And, and, and it's going to reveal in you another whole other life that puts this world to death in your heart. And it's going to show that everything you've ever done was less than and other than Christ. And it's going to. And so what we do is we grab a little, you know, piece of understanding and we take it's like we run out of the camp with it. You see, it's like we grab a little view of Christ and, and we say, that is precious. I better get out of here or it'll, or it'll kill me, you know? And we run out and we just talk about it. And we, we, man, we love to talk about it. We love, and we just all talk so much and I talk too much and man, I hate my mouth sometimes. But we don't stay where it's real. We don't, we don't learn to keep our hearts turned, fixed on things above. This is kind of what we were talking about the last couple of weeks too. Fixed on things above. F- staying in the light that condemns everything that isn't Christ. Staying in the truth. We don't learn to stay there. And, and so, uh, and so we, that, that's why we lose the, the savor of it, the power of it, the reality of it. And somebody says, well, how can you tell the difference? How can, how can you tell the difference between the, you know, something you've seen in the light, but now you're kind of holding on to in your brain, or something that you're still seeing in the light? Well, I, I don't know exactly how to describe that, but I can tell you, I can tell you this: the main difference for me is the effect that it has in the heart. The main difference for me is in the light, the power of God is an experience. Or in the light, there is power to will and to do the thing that you're seeing in the light. In the light, it's just another way of saying, in true faith, there is grace. Grace, by by faith, you access the grace in which we stand, Romans 5.2. By if it's true faith, then that faith lives. It works. That's what James is talking about. It doesn't just sit there in your mind as an idea. It, do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't just, you can't hold it without it. It's like, try to have fire without heat. You can't do it. If it's fire, there's heat. If there's faith, if there's true living faith and you're abiding in that faith and growing in that faith, then that faith is living. You live by faith. You live by the faith of the Son of God. You walk by faith, not by sight. Faith actually, which is light, has 
It, faith is the way, light is the way that power, that grace is accessed and walked in. Without that light, you don't access that grace. How did Abraham experience the grace of God? How did he experience the righteousness that came from God? By faith. Isn't that the whole point of Paul's letter? Is that all these things are accessible in Christ. How do we experience them? By faith. What is faith? The, the normal Christian says, it's my belief. But see, no, it is not. Christ is the author and finisher of faith. It is the light that comes from him and shines in you as his own view. It's the faith of the Son of God. It shines in your heart as a perfectly foreign light. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ shining in the darkness in your heart. You pay attention until the day star rises and the day dawns in your heart. That is faith. Faith brings you into an experience of grace. Light brings you into an experience of power. And in that light, now I know some of you, I know you've experienced this. In that light, there is power. You feel your you feel the power of that light drawing your soul more towards the light and drawing it also away from the things that are contrary to the light. Someone says, what's that, what's that power feel like? Well, it feels like a, it feels like, um, a river. It goes one direction and it pulls you away from another direction. That's what it, 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 it feel, it pulls you out of what? Yeah. It feels like a magnet. That's what it feels like. It feels like a, a, a river or a magnet that's that's pulling you in the direction of its source and pulling you away from everything that is contrary to it, pulling you out of Adam and out of Adam's world. Now you can resist it; you absolutely can resist it, um, and that's called nullifying the grace of God, or that's called trampling underfoot the the Son of God, or that's called uh, resist uh, insulting the Spirit of Grace, or that you know, there's a b- bunch of different ways the New Testament talks about the way that the soul can resist that river. There's another river that's going just as fast in the opposite direction, and you can jump in that one too pretty quickly. But grace that operates in true faith is comes from above. The grace is from above. The faith is from above. The whole thing is from above. And yet, it works in the soul that receives it. That it work, And it stays working in the soul that will follow it. it conti- if you will go where it goes, if you will follow the light in the power that comes from the light, not your own power, in the power that comes from the light and the grace that is accessible in faith, then you can actually stay in that experience. And and you will find in that faith a a willing and a doing that comes from above. You'll find in that light the power to to come further into the light and you'll see in that light that everything you do is wrought by the light. This is what Jesus says in in John chapter 3 verse 21. Somewhere in there. He says, if you, it's, let me read it. If you're willing to do, if you're willing to walk in the light, then you'll, you'll, you'll come into the light even more. And you'll find that the things that are done in the light are the things that come out from the light. Okay, here it is. 
He who does the truth. Okay. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But everyone doing the truth comes into the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God or wrought in God. That's what he's talking about there. That you're never the source of anything good. But, but, but by... Uh, grace through faith, or by faith through grace. I'm not sure what preposition is right there, but maybe they're both true. The the soul can actually experience and continue to experience the person in whom these things are real. That's what I'm trying to say. There is a per- truth is a person. Okay, it's not facts about that person. It's the person who defines all those facts. Truth is a person. There's a, there was a person who said, I am the truth. And that person invites you into himself. You can't get in without, without the faith that comes from him. In other words, you can't... It's like, again, you go back to the candle. There's heat, there's light, it draws you. It's like the moth to the flame, except that the moth kills... Or the flame kills the moth, which kind of ruins the analogy. But, well, I guess in a sense it does... Well, I'm not going to work with that one. Um, <laughs> there's light that comes out from Christ. It draws you to him. And, but the truth never ceases to be Christ. It never, he never just throws some at you and says, Hey, remember this. And he throws you a little nugget of truth. It's always true in him. It's, it is him. And the, and the heart is, is invited to come into the light where truth is real. And the soul then can experience something of the person who is the truth. And as you stay in that light and live in that light and walk in the light, you experience fellowship with him who is light. And in that light, there is a constraining, a growing of the, in the soul towards growing up in that nature. Now, if you, if you try to take this little view that you've seen of Christ out into that other nature and bring it back with you into the other river that's going the other direction and just try to remember it, you're going to find yourself drifting further and further away from the one who makes that thing real in you. But if you stay in the light and learn to walk in the light and let the Lord show you all the things that are contrary to the light and walk away from those things as the Spirit, like the, like the journey of Israel and, and the land or the journey of Israel in the wilderness towards the land, both of those pictures of following that light, clinging to that light, well then, you're not just aware of spiritual facts, you're being pulled further and further. This is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You're being called out of your country, kindred, and father's house. You're leaving Egypt behind. You're coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah and not looking back. You're actually leaving that thing behind and going up to the mountain of God. You're, you're pulled out of, there's a journey of the soul. It is, it is the perfect Son of God forming His own life and light in the soul so that you come out of Adam and his world and everything he thinks he possesses in the world and actually doesn't. And that knowledge that you have there in Christ, in his light, is a living union with the person in whom those things are real. Okay, that's what knowledge is. Okay? And, and that's what Paul's saying here, because you can't know spiritual things unless the Spirit himself, who is the substance of those things, is put in you and revealed in you. That's, 
That is exactly what we just read at the beginning of this class. Paul says you can't, you can't know the spirit of a man because you can't be in that man and that man can't be in you. But God has actually made his, the knowledge of himself accessible and knowable by bringing you into himself and putting himself in you. So that the things that are only true in him and true of him become true in you because his light is both killing everything that isn't him in you, which is what the cross does, and forming in you everything that is him. Putting off one man, putting on another man by the renewing of the spirit of the mind. Actually bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that which he died to, and bearing about in the body the the forming of the Lord Jesus, becoming expressions of his life. Again, we could go through a whole bunch of scriptures that talk about this is what carrying the cross is. It is the daily experience of the death of Christ working in you and the life of Christ. It is being conformed to his death and attaining to his resurrection, knowing Christ. How did Paul know Christ? He says how he knew Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, he says, I know him in the, here's how I know him. I know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death that I may attain to his resurrected life. That's how I know him. And, and that's how we need to know him. Because true knowledge is a living union with a person who is real. And it's only as the soul is... I keep pointing to this imaginary circle on my desk here, but uh, if I had a diagram, I would have drawn a circle and I would have I would have told you that all the true knowing is in the circle and you have to walk in that circle and learn to stay in that circle because true knowledge is a union of your soul with that that living circle, Christ. And, and the opening of your eyes in Him to live in Him. So, then everything you know is a true... You know it because, not because it was a seminar, not because it was a book, and not because it was someone told you. You know it because it's a living experience of Jesus Christ. How do you know the cross? Well, because I went to this weekend thing about... No, because... The cross is killing something in your heart that you used to think was your life. It, that's how you know the cross. And the cross is actually, from on the other side of that cross, there's something rising up in you. There's a resurrected Son of God rising up in you and being formed in you. That's the way you know the cross. It's a devastating judgment in your own soul. How do you know the gospel? Well, you know the gospel because you're coming out of Egypt and you walk through that door and there's someone teaching you a new covenant. And, you know, how do you know the scriptures? Well, because you're experiencing the person who wrote them and therefore you can understand them because you're seeing them by the same light that they came from. And how do you know salvation? Well, because your soul is coming out from flesh and sin and death and Satan and darkness. You know, all of these things are not concepts in your mind or facts in your brain or things that maybe you caught glimpses of and you're trying to remember them and believe in them after, you know, 40, it's been 40 years since I saw that, but boy, I still believe it and remember it. 
But are you living in it? Is it has it has it come to be the life in you? The way you know is by being joined to that thing that is true, experiencing him in his own light, his own mind working in you. So I know I'm running out of time. The way that God teaches, and this is again, I'm going back to the this is kind of my summary version of what Paul what we that big chunk that we read of Paul in First Corinthians chapter two. The way that God teaches is by putting his own spirit within you and then causing you to see and be conformed to what is real in him. That's knowledge. That is what knowing Christ is. It is not, it is a union with the resurrected Son of God in which his own light is causing you to walk in his own life and thereby putting away, cutting off, pulling you out from, drawing you out from, making you walk out, follow him out of everything that is not him. So I'm going to, I have a little more here, but I, I probably will save some of this till, till next time. Paul says, He has given you his spirit that you might know the things which are the deep things. And those deep things, those aren't like the optional things that are for really deep people. Those are just the things that are real in him. Those are the things that are hidden from the natural mind. Those are the things that you have to know. Those aren't optional. It's like Jared said at the conference, that's not extra credit Christianity. Those are the things that you better know or you don't know anything of God. And he doesn't just describe them to you with words. He doesn't just give you flashes to correct your doctrine, to give you a better uh, interpretation. He puts the substance in you and then opens your eyes and teaches you to walk in that substance. Okay? So, alright, we can stop.